El futuro tiene nada más que la confrontación. Hey, welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. I used to write a bunch of weekly columns for a bunch of internet places, and I would use those columns to put forth all sorts of crazy opinions. Then, I'd come on this show to defend those opinions. But now I don't really do any of that shit. I just do this show. Joining me today, he is the tour manager for the fantastic rock band Portugal The Man. He is also a friend of mine and one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. Definitely go up and talk to him if you catch him at a Portugal The Man show. Ladies and gentlemen, Scott Shavak. Also joining me, you know, he's my co-host on this podcast. He's here all the time. You can hear him on an upcoming episode of ListCast getting very passionate about Yum! Brands, the people that bring you Pizza Hut. Ladies and gentlemen, Brett Raider. It's going to be a great show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. Brett's here. Hey, how's it going? And we have a guest, Scott. How the fuck do you Shavak? Is that how That's you say it? That's probably the closest that I, anyone's gotten like my entire life. So. I did some Googling to see if I could find a pronunciation of your name. And that's what you came up with? I did not find a pronunciation, but I found a fantastic stock photo of you on Getty Images backstage at Coachella. Right, with the wife beater. Yeah. That's pretty much the only thing you could find on me, right? Yeah, it was that was pretty much it. Spent a lot of your scrubbing, you know. <laughs> He's wearing a wife wife beater now for, yeah. for the audience at home. Well, we all are. Yeah. 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 You are the tour manager for Portugal the Man and lots of other bands too, but none that have let me open for them, so we don't need to mention. Oh, that's that's right. That, yeah. that little thing we did. We did that. I think I, all you remember is that the Cubs won the World Series and the rest was a blur. I tell people the story of the Cubs winning the World Series and me being on the tour bus and I start crying. I tell that half of it. What I never tell people is the part where before the rain delay, it was just me and you on the bus. And I'm just a, I'm a diehard Cubs fan and the Cubs are up like seven to four and the Indians hit, I think a three run home yeah, run. They came back to tie it. Yeah. And Scott just starts going, Holy shit. Are you fucking kidding me? And I'm like, fuck man. I had to go out and smoke. Oh yeah. But you didn't have a dog in the fight, so definitely not. So. I mean, my emotions were a dog in that fight. I mean, if anything, I'd be rooting against you just to see a grown <laughs> man, you know, weep and cry and be like, "All right, this is dumbest in the day." Because my father pretty much ruined sports. For your me. your father ruined sports well, for you? Absolutely. How did that happen? Diehard Giants fan, you know, football. Oh yeah, Jersey mm. people. Like I'm saying, like that, Phil Sims, you know, Montana, like that heyday of like sports, and like when you're 11, 12, like we're gonna go to the games family outing and anytime they're losing he's like we're, we're leaving and just pack up the family still hour plus left in the game and just <laughs> go in the yeah. car don't listen to me don't talk to me until tomorrow oh uh, yeah i'm just like you're a fucking idiot like yeah that's gross like uncle sit you know uncle phil is that you know are we related like no like he's not coming to dinner and like, phil sims yeah. is not coming to my house or my bar mitzvah <laughs> so i'm like why do you care about these guys that don't know who you are like everything you know is always like that just yeah in a tizzy in a mood and then shut the TV off and just be angry because of sports. Oh, yeah. Fuck that. No one likes that. That's understandable then. So have you, you've listened to the podcast before, right? I have when my- Hey, Brett, you know, the hardest part of this show for me is the first few minutes because I spend all that time asking everyone else what's going on in their life when all I really want to do is talk about what I've been up to since last week. And that's why we call this segment This Week in Me. And it's about to get really intense. As Scott can attest, I play this myself on guitar. Uh, I played this. This is how I opened my set on the Portugal The Man Tour. I would come out, shred this a little bit, toss a guitar into the crowd. Didn't matter which one. Whatever one was nearby. It was actually a double neck guitar, like one of those old metal ones. Yeah, like, like it was a quad neck, like Rick Nielsen from Cheap Trick. 
That's two more than a double neck. Anyway, how's it going, man? <laughs> I think you just lost everyone with a cheap trick reference. Oh, cheap trick comes up a lot on this network. We are big fans of the song. If you want my love. And that's, I mean, the rest of their stuff is fine, but that one song, holy shit. One of the best Beatles songs of the eighties. <laughs> so we're going to talk to Scott today about your job and what it's like running a big rock tour. Maybe like who the funniest person you've ever toured with was in terms of opening acts only, not anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Not anybody else. Not any funny crew members. Like who had or, the funniest or, stage yeah. show. I yeah. think that'll probably I, I come anybody up. who's open for you. Yeah. I, I, I would want to know all those things. All right. So how long have you been tour managing? Is that how you say it? Managing. How long have you been managing tours? 17 years. Jeez. Yeah, right? And when you just say it out loud like that. That's a long time. Yeah, I just turned 40 uh, last month, so. Oh, wow. So you've been doing your life's work much longer than me, and I'm older than you. Fuck this. All right, show's over. Oh, <laughs> this is bullshit. How do you get into something like this? You don't. Like, nobody really gets into it. Like, yeah. we're in college and, you know, the early 2000s, like, hardcore and emo and all that was real popular. So all your friends' bands would, like, play VFW halls and you would just hang out and that's what you would do for fun. Because yeah. if, if I'm good at math and I'm I'm not, but I can do some basic stuff, that means you started doing tour managing when you were 23. So is it something where you had a band that you were friends with and you're like, all right, we're going to go on tour. We're going to like four cities or whatever in a, a van that uh, were rented. Like, do you just say, oh yeah, I'm the tour manager. That's or do you start off like doing lower, <laughs> lower level work for, you know, like more roadie stuff and work your way up. That's pretty much how it happened. But like when you first start out and your friends like, Hey, uh, we're going to go cross country this summer and play shows. There's no job for anyone. Like if you're in the band, you're in the band. They're like, Hey, we like you come hang out yeah. and be behind a table and sell shirts that no one's going to buy kind of thing. Yeah. And we'll get you Taco Bell every day and Not we'll a bad sleep, deal. and we'll sleep on a random person's floor every night, but there's 18 other people sleeping on floors yeah. and you know, me not even being the band, you would never get a couch or anything like that. So just find a dirty corner and be like, Hey, let's go to Texas. I've never been there. And you just wind up in all these places and it's more exciting to be with your friends in places yeah. playing dumps, you know, like VFW halls or just any place that has a floor or a PA or someone's floor basement. And electricity. Yeah. So yeah. there weren't even shows. There wasn't even like tune my guitar or like you're my sound. It was just like, these are guys that are in a band and we all want to hang out with each yeah. other. And every kind of band at that time would have just people that they just bring out with sure. them. Yeah. So what would you like on those early tours? What would your role be? Like, would you book the shows or no, like nobody's booking the shows? It's like <laughs> in advance, be like, Hey, uh, us and this band from Ohio and Florida, we got three gigs across the country by just, you know, mailing someone. I don't even know if email was right. really popular back then. Just somehow the word we got out and that bands of that caliber would play so-and-so and they would just be like, Hey, help us drive or just hang out with us. And, Let's see what happens. Wow. So like not, not paying, you're not getting paid at all. Like if anything, you're coming back in colossal debt. Yeah. I, I know that feeling. I've never come back from even the, the tiny unpops tours we've done. I've never come back. Not broke. It's always financially devastating for me to go out and tour. Keep that in mind next time I tour, everybody. Come out and buy tickets. So how does how did you go from doing those to, I mean, it's obviously your career now. Like, what other bands have you worked with? Uh, bands you probably never heard of, but I've been on tours with bands like Slipknot, you know, and just seeing huge shows, you know, Everywhere, like I can, like I've been towards with band the Black Angels, Clap Your Hands, Say Yeah, Shadows Fall, bands like Thursday, obviously yeah. Portugal the Man, a band called Borns, Every Time I Die, like just certain, you know, a lot of hardcore, a lot of metal, a lot of yeah. emo. Who's your favorite? <laughs> My favorite band to work with? Yeah. Anyway, oh, he's gonna answer yeah. that. Oh, that no, Portugal is definitely like I've known those guys for a long time, and it's more like the family business at this point than like yeah. That band that you started with, you know, that first tour when you're like, hey, come hang out, we'll you know buy you dinner every night. 
was that one of any of the bands you mentioned or is that band that band turned into another band that was mildly successful called the, Circus Survive the Beatles yeah the Beatles. I know yeah, <laughs> Circus Survive, yeah. Um, so you know that scene kind of dies and people want to continue so then you start a new band yeah that's how it happens yeah. yeah two people from the band they change their name exactly and, you know, whatever so what goes into planning a tour now like a bigger tour what's the first thing you do well the booking agent you know has to tack out all the dates you know in the country and put holds on clubs in america to make the schedule fit you know right it's like ohio detroit chicago so on so on so he has to do that then they get the contracts and then i have to get my crew on board i have to do audio rental i have to do lighting rentals i have to book hotels i have to book flights i have to get tour buses i have to you know just go backwards and just yeah fill in the blanks for every minute detail for someone that i'm in charge of so do you have any say in that booking or basically if the guys decide we're going to tour this year we're going to try and tour all year. i mean the guys are touring basically all year i have nothing to do with the booking like basically you just get told here are the dates make it work make sure all the guitars and people and lights Absolutely. show up at the right places at that the right times correct can you tell us about a time it didn't happen like have you ever just legitimately fucked something up. Really uh, that's badly. like pretty much like the nightmare of like just <laughs> panic sleeping and be like, Oh my God, did I get paid? Like, you know, like where's this money or just yeah. like, Oh my God, we're, we're going to the wrong show on the wrong day. But like, I can't say that's ever really happened. Yeah. Ever. Me either. I've never fucked anything up. It's great. I mean, you think about it every day when you wake up and you're like, fuck, if we're in Florida and not Georgia right now, like <laughs> I'm going to kill myself. Yeah. What would you say is the craziest thing you've seen on tour? You don't have to name names unless you want to. Uh, I mean, I've seen some shit, you know, it's like, it's very, uh, seen some shit that will change I was trying to see how long I could hold off <laughs> and ask, hold off asking that question. Uh, and I'm just not a natural interviewer. Right. So here we are. I mean, I'll tell a majestic story that, you know, just stands out. So I did a big arena tour, uh, with a giant metal band and there was two other semi big bands opening. Schmetallica. Yeah, Schmetallica. <laughs> uh, death. It was a furries convention. Um, So when you play an arena, like if you guys all been to like, you know, a 50,000 seat concert, right? Right. Yeah. So what would you imagine goes on back in like in a hockey, you know, hockey dressing room kind of thing? Like it's a very sterile, boring environment. Yeah. And there's just huge rooms everywhere and it's, it's a circle and just feels like you're in a labyrinth and it's right. It's kind of like prison, but like we've been. Uh, you or you guys have been generous enough to have Adam and I at various shows uh, in L.A. We went to Red Rock, Red Rocks with you. And that is the interesting thing is that the behind the scenes of all these places are, are quite sterile and cold. And you think that, oh, wow, Portugal, the man's there. I bet they're all drinking Evan Williams and kicking over <laughs> shit. It's like, no, they're just kind of quietly hanging out on couches. Well, that's like the, the misconceived no, notion yeah. of like, you know, like, I wonder what goes on back there. It's just like what you think and what you read about. Just, you're a, just like, leave me alone. Like, I, this is my quiet time. Like, now yeah, I have to, you yeah. know, entertain yeah. you. So in an arena, it's what you guys have seen, but worse because it's just, you know, pipe and drape. There's nothing natural. It's very sterile. And they try to make it look as comfortable for like, let's say 300 people that are touring. Yeah. So I'm on tour with this huge metal band. They play like 50,000 seats a night and they kind of had to create their own fun. And they, uh, (laughs) they would dress up their assistant tour manager, like in a furry costume, uh, head to toe shark. So he'd put on this, you know, gray shark outfit head to toe and he'd have like a Hawaiian shirt. And so it was really a furry. Yeah. Oh shit. Okay. So, um, (laughs) he would have Hawaiian shirts and bling and he made like a beer bong out of a snorkel. And so this is, this is the fun they have to have. And the DJ, the band at the time, uh, had a huge like eighties ghetto. (laughs) Oh, the DJ in the band. It wasn't Limp Bizkit, but you know. All right. Close. Keep close. So at the end of the night, you know, like they corral the people with after show passes into like a room, you know, like Mm -hmm. way far from like the bands. And you think something's going to happen. Maybe like the guitarist will come down. Maybe the whole band, like maybe just some guy that you don't know. But all these dumbasses just sit there waiting, thinking they feel special. All of a sudden, a boombox would just appear 
And the guy'd hit play, and then the Jaws theme would play. <laughs> you know, you're just like, okay, what what the fuck is going to happen? So then, head to toe, furry comes out as a shark, and to the Jaws theme, and he's just holding bottles of liquor, like Jaeger, what whatever it is, you know. And then he would just point to anybody, get the funnel, which is a snorkel, fill it up with liquor, you know. So I'm saying a good. 18 inches probably. Yeah. So then it had a little, you know, little, little hatch. Yeah. And then it would just shoot down into your gullet. And then <laughs> this is the best part. And then he'd grab a little ink pad, you know, come out, get a stamp and then boom on your forehead and said, sharked. <laughs> <laughs> so great. So, but I'm saying like people are getting sloshed because they're like, Oh my God, this is like, this is what happens backstage. This is crazy. This is amazing. Like, so, so girls are just like laid out from just like rumple mints or whatever. Yeah. And so after everyone gets kicked out, these two girls are just on the curb by my bus. And they're like, come on, Becky, we have to go. And the one friend like literally picks her friends up by the hair. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, we have to go. And just dead weight just smacks her head into the sidewalk and just cracks her head open. And the ambulance have to come and just like cart her away. Holy That's just like one night on that on that tour. Sharked. Yeah. Sharked. <laughs> Oh, it said sharked? Sharked. Oh, I thought it just said shark. Yeah. I, I don't mean, know if that's better or worse. I like thought, you, you got sharked, you know? Yeah, you got like, sharked. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, everyone knows that. Yeah. <laughs> I wish that would have turned into a TV show. Right. That would have been a prank show I would have watched if it ended in unsuspecting people getting stamped in the forehead. Or cracking their heads open, you know, in the middle of, like, Tacoma, Either Washington, one. or wherever. That's cops. Did that shark happen every night just because they were it, bored? It did happen. It, yeah. it did happen almost every night. And then on the same tour... The opening band were just really bored. Like everyone's so bored. So like you go out and you find a Kmart or Walmart and be like, what are we going to buy? Okay. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to buy BB guns today. Right. I bought one of my favorite t-shirts at a Walmart in Roswell, New Mexico. Well, that was a special time. It was good times. Yeah. So, uh, this one band buys same, same tour with a shark buys BB gun. So they just set up like target practice, you know, and yeah. this isn't an after show. It's just like, Hey, we're hanging out. Okay. We're drinking. Boom, boom, boom. And what happens if you're hanging out with girls and there's liquor and there's a BB gun? Someone's going to be like, shoot me in the Someone's ass. Someone's getting shoot. murdered. I've been to college. I was shot in the ass with a BB gun within the first two months. Sure. So I feel like I should go to college. You should. Go I to never college. went. I should go live in a dorm. I should it would be great. Shit. It would be great to see <laughs> a sort of back to school. Yeah. I'm documentary down. about you. Okay, go on. Uh, so it's <laughs> one woman's like, shoot me in the ass. And like, maybe someone has a reservation. Be like, all right, pull the pants down. Let's go. She gets shot in the ass. Shark. Whatever. Have a big, have a big <laughs> laugh. We'll go back to that. <laughs> it goes back to that. Uh, so she gets shot in the ass. You know, everyone has his laugh. And then. Like 40 minutes, maybe an hour, something she flips a switch and being like, fuck you guys. You guys are assholes. I'm calling the police. Wow. You know, it wasn't an instant thing. It wasn't like five years. She just stewed and sat on it. So she's like, you assaulted me. Everyone's a witness, this and that. So please come, you know? And they're just like, uh, the one guy that shot that's like, how am I going to get out of here? And lo and behold, the guy who was actually the shark's like, I got just a thing. Cops show up. Oh. They they give the guitar player who shot the chick in the ass the shark outfit, and he just you know like dun 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 walked right out the door <laughs> in front of the police fuck? and everything like that like they're like oh where's Marty or whatever his name is and just whoop, like <laughs> and who's that shark? Oh, yeah. that's just the shark. Exactly. Oh, the don't, don't worry about Sharky. Over there. Just the mascot. I mean, <laughs> eventually, I think he had to like own up to it and get everyone together. But like, he just dipped right out of there and be like, oh, I don't know where he is. And meanwhile, there is you know. A five foot eleven gray shark you know, <laughs> with a Hawaiian shirt on and some bling, just casually walking past the police, and yeah, it would have been crazy if they arrested him just in the shark, yeah, costume. Was this the shark, ma'am? Like, <laughs> no, it was more of a killer whale. I'm sorry. Like, are right, you free to go, sir? Like, so you must fly a lot. Yeah, like I think I did like 180 flights or something last year. Oh wow, something ridiculous. That I think that's more days than I showered yeah. last year. That's a lot. What's a shower? Yeah, that's, that's like every two days. Yeah, especially if you do like a holiday run. I have like three weeks. You're flying to every show because it's so far away from each other. Really? Yeah. And then I love logistics. So <laughs> in terms of the logistics, so you have to organize. How does the gear? You have lighting. You have 
sound equipment, you have lighting equipment. You just take your fly gear on planes and then everything else is supplemental or rental that's brought in. Oh, really? Yep. Okay. So what's what's fly gear? Fly gear is things, your guitars. The instruments. Like bare bones that you need for every show. And then. And like you guys have, have started incorporating like a projection show, but that's just on a laptop essentially, right? It's a laptop and then you. And you you rent a projector. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, have you ever had a flight where you thought maybe... Oh, you never heard this story before? I have. I just right. want you to tell <laughs> it, and I wasn't sure if you could. So in the uh, middle of the flight, a shark, cost, a shark comes out <laughs> of the <laughs> <cockpit. laughs> You're all fucked. Uh, this is the South Africa story, it right? It is South Africa. Yes. Uh, it was It was just this month, maybe four years ago. It was around South by Southwest, and we were doing a bunch of shit, just like flying back and forth, and our last stop in the States was South by. You guys ever have the pleasure of uh, no, going to I, Austin, Texas during South by? I have a couple, two years ago. And what are your thoughts um, on that? I was only overlapping with the music festival for one day. So you're interactive. Yeah, I was recording podcasts podcast there. Right. So it was a lot, yeah. But you know the shit show and like, it's oh, just yeah, like yeah. a no holds barred. Yeah, the thing. one day that I was there as the same day as the, the music festival I was like, I'm experiencing as much of this as possible. But it, it's a complete shit show because there are three, there's a film festival, a music festival, and a interactive festival, which means a bunch of right. drunk business. It's like men. a pottery barn festival, it's you know, like cr- with, yeah, with barbecue. It's crazy there. So, you know, if you're a band, you usually go down and you'll play th- a minimum three shows oh. if you're there. And I think we did three shows in like 18 hours mm-hmm. after that. We're, we're just like, okay, we're going to South Africa for the first time, yada, yada. So we do our three shows and we have a flight from Austin, Texas to Detroit, Detroit to Amsterdam, Amsterdam to Johannesburg. So it's supposed to be all in one day. It's supposed to be the longest flight you can possibly take 38 plus hours. That's a long time. That is. Jeez. Yeah. So, um, we are at Austin at the airport taking off and about eight, maybe eight minutes into it, we're just flying here. Clack, boom! Like you just hear a noise that, you know, like you can't brush it off. Oh, that's landing gear or that's, you know, the bathroom door closing. Like you try is to. Is this Detroit to Amsterdam? This or is, is Austin, Austin to Detroit. To Detroit right. So it's just, you know. Pretty, pretty easy, manageable flight. So our sound guy, Justin, at the time, uh, sitting next to me, he's like, that didn't sound right. And I'm the guy brushing off. I'm like, that's, we're fine. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) I have never heard shit like that. But like, wow, we're fine. Don't worry about it. So then maybe 30 seconds later, the captain comes over. He's like, "Uh, what you just heard there, uh, ladies and gentlemen, was the right engine failing and blowing out. But don't worry, these planes are designed to run on one engine, and we're going to try to make it back to Austin, and this is the clincher. Like, you're sitting there in about 10 to 18 minutes. (laughs) He felt it necessary to give the time frame of, like, how long we're going to be up there. He could have just left it like, one engine, we're fine, we're going to circle, make it back. We're all just like, (laughs) 10 to 18 minutes, cool. (laughs) That's hmm. such a big window of time, too. Right. And I'm sure that he probably I've, how never, long? I've never been in the cockpit. I don't know. Yeah. How long have you, have you been been in the air? Ten minutes. Oh, top, ten. Oh, so top. it wasn't that. It wasn't that. No, but you're exhausted. You get in the yeah. plane. It's like the sigh of relief. You're like eyes closed. Like totally. Oh, I'm it checked air, out. Yeah. And then also, especially with a trip like that, I'm sure like the moment you hear, oh, shit, we have to turn around and emergency <laughs> land. We have three more flights that we're going to miss like a domino effect. Well, at that point, like so it's the right engine and I'm sitting on the right side mm-hmm. by the wing. And it's one of those ones where the engine's under it. Yeah. So you can see the wing just flapping just like in the wind. Like oh, oh, there's no. nothing propelling it. So it's just like just limp. No, not biscuit. Like, I don't know. care if I, oh. I don't like that. Um, so then everyone just gets real quiet. You can just hear babies just screaming. And then the flight attendant, this is the clincher. The flight attendant gets on and she's just like, I have to prepare everyone for emergency crash landing, but she cannot hold it together at all. She is weeping, cracking. Like she's got, she's crying. (laughs) She's just like, and then just everyone is just freaking the fuck out because the the person in charge is not in charge. Yeah. She just lost it. Be like, fucking all 
like we're gonna we're gonna die. Uh, you know. So after that, everyone is just trying to like reassure each other. You know, I, I sit and make jokes. My friend, I'm like, all right, like this is the only time I can say this. Like, you sucking my dick, or I'm sucking yours. Kind of thing. <laughs> you know, it's just like you try, and then you know, you just everyone's just like, no, no, not now. I'm like, when? <laughs> not now. When? This is this is our time. Uh, then you just hear other people's conversations, like, well, I'm a army helicopter pilot, and this happens all the time. And people are just yeah. either praying or just like trying to calm themselves down by just talking nonsense. And then you're just like, when, when is this going to happen? Yeah. And then the pilot's just like, all right, we're almost back. And not to freak you out, there's going to be ambulances and fire trucks just because they have nothing better to do. And then they get there. <laughs> of course, you know. yeah. So, you know, obviously, eventually we land and we just pull back to the gate and you're just kind of in shock. Like for me, it's like, OK, I have to get over this. I have to figure out how I'm getting to South Africa. You know, I'm like, <laughs> right. Like that shit was fucked up. Now all the shit's even fucking crazier. And then, you know, it's South by Southwest. So there's no flights anywhere. Yeah. Anywhere in the world. You know, just like, give me the scout. No, nope. you know, like, <laughs> give me. No, nope. no, nope. like nothing. Like you were. Wow. You're fucked. So how did you end up? Did you get to South Africa on? time. Also, th- didn't Kyle sleep through all of that? Uh, so our keyword player, uh, <laughs> it all happens, and like we're all like just getting off the plane silently, and he goes... We're in Detroit already, and the guy next to him just looked at him, being like, "You fucking piece of shit!" You know, like you were just not there with us right now when you know, like we're flying to our death, and you're like, "Wow, that was the quickest!" Like, "Wow, Detroit looks a lot like Austin." What That's the fuck? a fantastic yeah. Kyle, by the way. Yes. Too. Yeah. <laughs> but like, so like after the initial shock, like I eventually, my job is to like make the shit happen, and you find a way to get you where you want to, not thinking in the back of your head where like all your guys be like, "I'm never getting on an airplane ever again." Like, no, I'm done. Like, I'm not even thinking that. I'm like, oh, we have a show. Like, I have to call promoters in South Africa and somehow <laughs> swap the days. You know, like, okay, Cape Town, Johannesburg, we almost died. Have them flip-flop the days. Yeah. Like, somehow did that. Somehow, yeah. like, somehow worked it all out to where we wound up in Atlanta, Georgia. This is the day after. But let me just backtrack. So all they put all of us up at a hotel, and there's no hotels even. We're just by the airport. So we're all sitting there. They give us vouchers, and there's like 50 of us like sitting at the bar. And we're like, "Am I being a pussy, or was that fucking was, was, this, was this insane?" You know, like everyone is just shell shocked. Yeah. Everyone's like, "No, that was fucked up. Like that was that was the most fucked up thing I've ever." Yeah, the wing flopping would especially flip me at like free. Well, me just out. being in that position where someone's just like, "This could be it." Like, <laughs> sorry, like. What's your mind going to do? You know, it's just like, yeah. you're like, okay, I, I don't know how to mentally prepare. And then nothing happens. You're like, ah, yeah, we're fine. Do you find it's your job also to be the dad of the crew? And if someone's like, well, I'm not going on a plane. I'm not flying across the Atlantic to slap him across the face and say, God damn it. You have to slip you're something going. in their milk like B.A. Baracus. <laughs> well, A-team, you like, uh, not quite. I mean, like, everyone kind of gets everyone's it. Everyone's an adult. Yeah, everyone's an adult. And I've never been like, get your shit like, together. Like, we do this for a reason. The people that work jobs like I do have them for a reason because you just can't act like a child. All the yeah. Time. No, well, yeah, I guess that was just my question is like whether or not you find you have to be bad cop sometimes. I'll put or, it like this. Yeah. This is what I tell people. Like, what's your job like? Like, wrap your noodle around this. Like, I'm my boss's boss. And I tell them what to do, but ultimately I have to listen to them. Yeah. But like, they're like, what does that mean? I'm like, exactly what I said. I am the bosses of my boss, but at the end of the day, they tell me what to do. Yeah. You know, how does it makes that work? Sense. Yeah. There was one thing that stands out when I was on the tour. The last night I was there, some fans came with me and I left them in the green room with the band when I went to get paid. And everyone was very unhappy about that because those fans were relentless, obnoxious. Call them punishers. Yes, punishers. No, no. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that is the proper terminology. John was legitimately unhappy. It's more like uh, what you bring in, you bring out kind of thing. Like, it's just yeah. it, that is just the courtesy. It's like, you're not going to invite me into your house with my friends and then you leave and be like, oh, you guys are cool. Right. Like, yeah. you know, you take out the garbage at the end of the night, you know, to see it goes. <laughs> I'm not saying that your friends are garbage, but in this instance, it sounds like. <laughs> I don't know if they were. Yeah. 
yeah. friends from the, from the and, sound of the But story. like, it's such a, a tricky, thin line to walk because if you're somebody that somebody looks up to, how can the artists themselves act a certain way or crush the illusion or give someone the reason to be like, you guys are fucking assholes. But then there's a guy like me that, you know, I am nobody, you know, I can just be, oh my God, Portugal's tour manager is such a dick, but like, it's right. just not, it's not Scott. I'm just the guy, you know, I could be anyone and it doesn't yeah. really affect me or my job or like, I'm going to get a bad internet review or something like that. Like, yeah. So I, I have the association with the band, but it's not going to tarnish their name or think that any less of them. I'm just the guy that works for yeah. the people that they like. So they're probably stuck being nice, being punished, being like, where the fuck's Adam? You piece of shit. <laughs> you know, and just being like, what the fuck? What the fuck? And yeah. then, uh, you know, you text a person like me. I'm like, all right, nerds. Time to fucking beat it. Like, yeah. Why is it being mean? Like, oh, he's the boss. And we we got to do what he says. Sorry. Yeah. I need I need a Scott running the comments section on Patreon to just answer. Or comments for me, so I can be like, man, that was Scott. I don't you know. have a sexy Patreon account. We do really well on Patreon. Yeah. Yeah. Very sexy. One of the sexiest Patreons I've yeah. seen. Like, what, it's how I pay my my all my bills. What are the rewards? Like, do you have like trinkets and like twelve by eights or whatever you give out? No, it's mostly just just content, baby. Just content. Just dishing That's, I can't. Out I can't content. hold it in my hand. I'm like an analog you guy. You down, know, like you could record it to a cassette. I, do you want a copy of my album? I have my album on cassette. Yeah. Sure. You have like a Sony Walkman I can have too? You can still get those on Amazon. All right, cool. So yeah, I will lace you with a cassette. So your Patreon is just say. like more stuff that's like difficult for a person like me to use. It's just, I mean, it's not difficult to use, but it's difficult for a person like you to use. Yeah. I right. think that tracks. It's just mostly plugging a link into a thing and then you get a bunch of extra podcasts Featuring this guy. Right. Which, who wouldn't be excited? So it's like a gift slash garbage bag of content, like a mystery. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. There's no rhyme or reason to it. It's usually just me scatting, <laughs> things like that. So do you have, are there any other like rules when you're touring? Like, are, are there things that... Like if there are, are there like three or four things that every band or any person touring just inherently knows, like I've heard no shitting on the tour. I mean, bus. that's like, you know, the golden rules is like, yeah, I couldn't figure out how to flush the toilet on the tour bus for the first Day. Yeah, they're all I kind of like it. a like Hellraiser cube. You just don't know like yeah. where the it had foot, a foot, foot pedal, pedal <laughs> or sometimes it's just like an automatic switch. And always explain to like a woman, it's just like no toilet paper. Like, what am I supposed to do? I'm like throw in the garbage. They're like, really? I'm like, yeah. Someone will clean up your piss rag. It's fine. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Is that it? Is it just no shit? Is that that's like the golden that's rule? That's the only like, anything else rule is of two pretty much you know forgivable or will happen. You know whether it's somebody getting beat up, arrested, going to the hospital, having a doctor come out, like you name it, every situation has basically happened. So and when something like that happens, is it is that on you? Like, have you ever had to like bail the, someone out? Uh, <laughs> yeah, or like if someone's arrested, yeah, if one of my guys arrested. Like it's a pe- like if they've done something like really bad if they've like murdered someone and like you're like I gotta let the law hang out on this if it's or one if of it's, my like yeah. it hasn't really happened like it happened in our tour with a I, I won't say his name but like it was in Santa Cruz where he was missing and then we found out that he was held up a little bit uh, on the second day of tour you were on that tour oh it I don't was, it was the worst show you said you've ever had in your life it was in Santa Cruz oh every show I've ever no had no in no Santa you Cruz said this one was it, the worst it was show. Had a catalyst and you're like yeah. you're like fuck these people because that that by that point was my third show I'd done in Santa Cruz and every show I've ever done in Santa Cruz is the worst show I've ever done in my life and they've just gotten progress well no the first two were worse because I mean that at least like I there was a crowd and some people were laughing and it was fine but yeah Santa Cruz was a weird night there was a guy in the crowd who right as I went to grab the microphone just looked up uh, looked up at me and went say something and then just glared at me the whole time I was on stage and then we went to a bar after and I was outside smoking and off in the distance I hear say something and the guy <laughs> and the guy walks up to me and goes sorry man I was just trying to help out the show it's like <laughs> what 
you look like you were going to shoot me. So someone went missing in Santa Cruz. Someone went, you know, like that's, you know, for a story later, but like the, if someone's missing, be like, what do you do? You do one of two things. You call hospitals or police stations and then you find yeah. We found him and then, you know, we worked it out. Yeah, I feel like I can guess who it was. Yeah, that, that, does, that part doesn't matter. <laughs> How much police interaction would you say is is regular? It's almost non-existent except for when you go to like Canada is the fucking worst. Driving through across the border, the border or is just the border, in yeah, general? Just the border in general. Like they'll look for any excuse to jam you up or like find like a stem or a seed or just to like make a point. I don't know. Yeah, why. Th- I, that was my question. I, I, th- I think that's where I was heading to is, is like you're driving across Texas in w- what's clearly a touring bus. Like, do you get pulled over a lot and they have to toss everything or all right, not with or, Portugal. So, or like, because you have a tour bus, you have a professional driver who's like making sure they're doing everything uh, legally. All right. I'll, I'll tell you that. the story. And it was supposed like an urban legend. Um, <laughs> so we're somewhere, I don't know. Uh, this isn't with uh, Portugal. Um, we're somewhere, Tennessee, Alabama, I don't know. And this infamous stretch of highway and apparently my tour bus at the time did not have a DOT number on the side mm-hmm. of it. So this guy pulls us over and first thing says like, you know, who's got drugs in the bus? And then I wake up the singer. I'm like, the cops are here. They're searching the bus. Do you have anything? He's like, yeah, I have an ounce of blah, blah. Take it. I'm like, go fuck yourself. Like it, <laughs> it was my weed. Sure. You know, I'm like, yeah. I am not taking any responsibility. So like, right. There's two guys out of like 13 that have like weed. So then there was like some urban legend that this guy was like burned where his like wife ran away with like the singer of like white snake back the in like, cop? the cop, like after the fact, like <laughs> someone's like, Oh, you had off for sure. Schmo, schmo. Like supposedly. And there was some 40 years ago. Yeah. It was something like so asinine (laughs) that like there was like, oh, you you got Officer Wrigley, huh? Like story has it that, you know, so like anytime like he'd see a tour bus on his stretch of land, he just pulled them over. And uh, so he jammed up like two of the guys, didn't arrest them, gave him citations. But then if you're not from there, you have to come back and do that whole dance. And but it doesn't really happen that often with our guys, other than Canada, just getting jammed up. You have anything from, you know, your record from high school, even before they're bringing you into a room and they're just grilling you. Yeah. I have a DUI. Can I even go to Canada? So a couple of our guys have DUIs and it's always a thing. And then you have to pay like a non-resident tax uh, to get in. And sometimes you're like, Oh, sorry, it's not your day. You're not coming in. They'll make you sweat. And then I'll have to call the promoter. And then, you know, I'll have to watch them like South Park and like, you know, call a grand jury and be like, ha ha. Oh, we were just kidding. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's bizarre. Oh gosh! When I was on the tour, at one point you were going to Mexico, and you were like, "Come to Mexico with right. us." Yeah, and I was like, "I don't have a passport," and you were like, "I can get you a passport in a day." Yeah. How do you do that? I mean, so for anything, any service for a normal person, there's that service that exists for people in entertainment, just expediting oh, wow. everything and anything. Yeah. So I have a person that will expedite visas, passports, because you know, like let's say like a Saudi Arabian prince wanted a band to play and like, we need to go here. Yeah. Like there's a company that will get you. We are not going to tell right. Saudi Arabia. The man? I am the king of Saudi Arabia. <laughs> I am the man. Yeah. So it'd be like us and David Schwimmer, you know, at some party for five people. Like, does that yeah. happen a lot? Yeah. No. Yeah. Me and DS go. <laughs> he calls him DS. Yeah. I believe him. I know DS. Yeah. What's your favorite city? In the United States to such a dumb question. No, it's not. It's a great question. I'll answer it for you. New York for me. I mean, I I just if you didn't want to answer. I live very close to Manhattan. I live like uh, two two miles and I I love it and it's very comforting. Uh, This is my least favorite place. Honestly, Really? Yeah. Yeah. I understand when people are like, L.A. sucks. I I don't think that it sucks and I don't hate it. I just feel like. My personality does not mesh well in people. If they can handle it, I just feel like like they just turn to dust a little bit. Like yeah. I'm just very, you know, I'm not sharp. I'm just being myself. And they're just like, they don't like handling like a blunt person or mm-hmm. just hearing something other than like what people they hang around with. Say, like, I had a person say, like, you're not like my friends back home, like where everyone's nice and just listens and respects each other. And I'm, we're just kind of just like real fast and, you know, snarky with a little bit of wit oh, in there. Yeah. But it's just it comes off like you're an asshole. Yeah. You know, 
Well, then fine. God damn it. What's your favorite country to tour in? Uh, Germany is very pleasant, and um, they take the profession of what we do. It is a serious, serious job. And if you right. have it, you're a master at your craft in any regards, whether it's lights, audio, management. Like, you, you know, they give their employees insurance. They give the men and women maternity and paternity leave. It's just it's just like a re- considered a real trait in something that, you know, is very respectable. Wow. Casper was on the tour. I was on the German rapper. What a great guy. Super nice guy. And yeah, he mentioned that also that touring in Germany is just way different where they, they really take care of people who are touring there. But you see it like we'll be in, you know, Seattle, Washington, then you go to like the South. Like, it's just like, this is the best we can do in Birmingham, Alabama, which is like, you know, on a scale of one to 10, like a two in a bigger city. It's just like, right. Yeah. You get what you get. And then sometimes it's a roll of the dice unless it's like a chain kind of like house of blues kind of venue where there's some kind of standard. Yeah. There's always some people that don't fit the mold or are up to par for what you expect out of them. But in Europe, for the most part, like everyone is fantastic to work with. Like yeah. if you're getting like the bad guy, you're you're happy with the bad guy on that one day because he's still great. Yeah. If that makes any sense. If there was something like you could tell fans who are coming to a show, like is there something fans do in particular that's especially annoying? Annoying or bothersome or is it just fans kind like of want to make fucking pastries all the time with like, <laughs> with like your album cover or your face on it like it's always a goddamn cake and like i'm saying like a dense fucking 20 pound cake you know and like of course i'm just like where's the dumpster i'm chucking this but it's like you have to like at least let like three sets of eyes see it or nobody you know or then you know because the internet ruins everything it's like oh my god did you guys see the cake and they'd be like a week later like hey what happened to that cake i'm like from where? Ohio? I don't fucking... What? You get a cake every night, yeah. baby? So you would not believe how many cakes and cookies and like still like construction paper banners and just like, <laughs> you know, people want to give you drugs and you're just like, are you trying to kill me? Like, is this like, you know, your swan song? Like, is this like... Yeah. You know, you're very weary unless you're Kyle, you know, be like, hey, what, is, what do we get, Cole? Like, <laughs> like, I don't want to touch anything that a stranger that like is obsessed with the entity we're for him, like get away from me! Like just, you even <laughs> being by me makes me nervous. Like, I want to be the girl that killed Portugal. Yeah, man. right. Oh yeah, yeah. I guess that that would be a concern. That, I mean, that was something I noticed just in the like three or four concerts I've been with you guys. Is like I, I said it before. Like there's an assumption of like, oh right, I'm at a rock concert. It's crazy here. They're just knocking over amps and sticking their boots in them, and it's not. It's like this is. This is a workplace for people and they have to be on the bus and they have to be in Arizona tomorrow. Right. And they have, and it's like, this is, this is people's jobs and you can't, I mean, I'm sure there are the bands that get fucked up every night, but not Portugal. They're pros. Total pros. But crazy shit. I mean, we partied a little. Oh, Oh. it's a tad, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, that is your job. And you're just like, oh, we're just doing the same thing again tomorrow. Like, of course I can stay out drinking until eight o'clock in the morning. Like, you know, you have to be good at both. You have to like work hard and party even harder or vice versa. But the next day you have to wake up and go to work. Like if I'm sick, I'm not calling out of work. That's yeah. I I don't think people realize that. So like if I have the flu, I can't get off the bus today and go inside and do my job. It's like I have to intermittently do my job while like trying to sweat and sleep for five minutes. While trying to not shit on the bus. So like there's no sick days in what we do at all. You know, I'm going to go home and just, you know, you got this kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I picked up one of my favorite restaurant tips while on the road with you. And I think it was your idea. We were at Buffalo Wild Wings and tip don't in, go in to Buffalo in Wild Roswell? Wings. Yeah. The Buffalo one. Wild Wings in Roswell where a fight broke out between Eagles and uh, Cow- Eagles Cowboys. It was an Eagles Cowboys game that night. And uh, we ordered a bunch of wings and instead of getting sauce on the wings, you just got the dry rub and then ordered a sauce bunch of the sauces side, yeah. on the side. And that was brilliant. I was hesitant at first. And then you were right. Yeah. You dress up your own wing. You, you know, like you want to get sloppy with your own taste. And, and I do. Know. I do get sloppy with my wings. And that's what I liked. I mean, we all would scoff some and be like, you know, Parmesan garlic, you fucking idiot. I hate this shit. But just now dip it yourself. Like, yeah. 
Oh, I I can't imagine what a cup of the Parmesan garlic sauce looks like. That must just look like chunky cum. Chunky or lice with some. Oh, yeah. 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 That's disgusting. Yeah. So what should what should we do for comments? Should we pull up? Yeah. So we or do you want to do the comments music? We have music for comments. eh? Yeah. I'll do the comments music while we decide what we're doing. Hey, you know, it's a big world out there. It's easy to feel like the things you say don't even matter. Matter, matter, matter. But I want you to know that's not true. True, true, true. We call this segment Your Voice Matters. Matters. My where, voice or their voice? Where we, not yours. Oh, sorry. Where we read your stupid fucking comments from the past few shows and respond to them personally. Faded out, Brett. That was very tender. It's like a Jack Handy. Yeah, kind of. But it's more me. I guess Jack Handy did that too. Never mind. <laughs> so uh, we we're kind of tape. We we decided to tape this. You're in town, kind of. It was an emergency. It was an emergency recording. pod, so we didn't have a an unpops to read comments from. So I just pulled up the music video for Portugal. Dot the man feeling it still. <laughs> feeling it still. Yeah, that's the name of the song, I believe. And we're just gonna read some comments from the YouTube video. I think it's feeling it steal. Yeah, feel, oh, feel, feel this. Uh, feel my steel. Feel feeling my steel. Peter Steele. He was a singer of typo negative. Had a very large penis. He's in Playgirl. You should look it up. Right. He's dead now, so it doesn't really matter. But <laughs> all right, um, Rohith Parsad says I'm reminded of Luigi from Super Mario for some reason. <laughs> That's He's got to be talking about the baseline. No, I probably probably John's white oh, John's overalls. Right. overalls right. Yeah, overalls. Yes. Yeah, I was actually in that music video. Were you? Yeah. In the feel it still video. I was. Yeah. In the the bar scene. Feel I was just feel. one of the out of focus guys oh, in the okay. background. Nice. Yeah. I was not. Yeah. Well, you you missed. That. I don't know where I was going with that. Yeah. But yeah. I guess I can kind of see the Luigi thing. It was a distinctive look. It's a great look. But did plumbers like wear overalls back in the day? Like, you know, like. I think white would be a controversial choice right. for a plumber. If you're a painter, maybe. Right. Yeah. I think overalls are a good. When's the last time you wear? guys actually saw a plumber, a guy plumb come over? Uh, about a year ago when I moved into my place, I had some plumbing issues. Well, it wasn't even a real plumber. It's like it was just like some rotor rooter. It was just like some dudes that my <laughs> landlord hired. Yeah, we had the maintenance guy do some sink Is shit. He wearing uh, overalls? No tool belt. They had a. He did have a like a work suit. He wore like jeans and a shirt or right. whatever, and then just put like zipped up a big Dickies suit. Over, right. right. Over I bet it's just a fashion wearing. choice. I bet when you get that job, they offer you like the Michael Myers overalls <laughs> or just like the or separate or the ones with only ones. one buckled because those are different. Right. Well, yeah. The, yeah. Air. It says yo on the leg. Airbrushed. Right. Like yeah. The nineties. There's rhinestones on them. What else do we got, Brett? That one toaster rudle says, my Spanish teacher played this in lessons so everyone would shut up. It did the opposite. It's lit dab squad fam. Oof, what I just say? <laughs> That's what. Uh, Scott, what did they just say? He said he's a big fan of Marshmallow, and uh, (laughs) his family is on fire, and uh, he has no regard for uh, the people that just were lost in his life. Did you get to go to the Grammys? I was there, and we had to leave. The crew had to go back to Portland to get all the gear ready for a tour, because they literally did the Grammys on Sunday, flew back Monday, and then we started a tour the next day. Yeah, I I actually had a question about that. Like, how does the TV appearances, like you guys did? Colbert a few weeks ago. Does that add uh, an extra wrinkle in the logistics or is it just like another, are, are all the venues the same essentially? Like, no, I mean, it's hurry up and wait, you know, yeah. it's just like their motto is grab a coffee, you mm-hmm. know, and you can't touch anything because it's usually local one or union. So you have to be, oh, yeah, you have yeah. to be told what to do, when to do it. And then you get to do whatever a sound check and then it's camera blocking, but you still can't touch anything. And it's usually like an 11 hour day from like, so we're doing Ellen and it's like, I think we're there at s- from 7am oh, wow. to 2pm total. Wow. Wow. Well, yeah. So it's a lot of extra work. It's not like, oh, well, we just show up and do it. And then we're, we're off at 3pm. It's like, you've been there since seven when you normally 
probably wouldn't. I mean, two weeks ago, we did Colbert and a show in Brooklyn the same day. Uh So we're leaving at 6 a.m., loading in one place, and then it's like 11 a.m. Be like, I have to go to my other show, and then we have to build that entire show. Then somebody has to come back to Manhattan, finish that show, then bring all the shit back to the other show. One other question. We can get back to comments. I guess the same question, but about music festivals. They're like a blessing. Are those crazy? They're they're like a blessing in disguise. Because they're super organized. Super dialed in. Like, this is your set time. This is the time you can get here. It's just like, there's no wiggle room. It's it's like this kind of for everyone, unless you're like, you know, Eminem or something like that, like where you have carte blanche to do whatever. But if you're like one of the bands, like they're from the beginning to like the third last, like you have your times. It's really oiled and it's done well. Like some dinker festivals, you have like shit food or shit transportation. But like, as far as the performance, this and that, it's pretty, you know what you're getting. It's a pretty easy day. Yeah. And is there any like beef between artists? If someone goes long, it's not so much an artist, but like you're just throwing off an entire schedule for everybody. Yeah. Though I think a lot of the festivals, they'll just cut off the person who's running long. It really, I mean, there, there, I, I'm always around a person like me is always around and there's like a grace period. Yeah. And we'll say five minutes, you know? So if it's past five minutes, like how many more songs Two big, like, no fucking way. Yeah. Like, you're done. Are we allowed to talk about what happened with the Lumineers? Sure. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, because uh, it was there were some tweets. It was just very bad backstage etiquette for a show that was not theirs, but they were the headliner of. Yeah. So it was the Oracle Arena up in Oakland, California. And, you know, you know, you have those shows here like, you know, like not so acoustic Christmas or Jingle yeah, Ball. Yeah. It's one of those. And there's like usually five bands in the bill and then Lumineers are the headliner. And I think we went out right before them. So when we're getting ready to leave. You know, we don't want to be there any longer than we have to. You get paid. Right. You have your gear. And then again, it's one of these arenas where it's just a shit show. It's a hockey room with nothing to do. And usually you're on one side and then the other bands are streamers on the other side. And they yeah. decided 15 minutes before they go on complete backstage lockdown. Like if you're not in the Lumineers crew yeah. or don't have this one laminate and it's not their show, this is yeah. a radio station festival. Like you can't go five feet to your dressing room because they've given orders to people that don't know any better. that aren't working with you to be like, I don't care who you are. You don't have this thing. This is what they said. Yeah. You're fucked. Yeah. That's fucked up. So if it's your tour and it was, you know, them taking us, you know, and these are the rules that they had. Sure. Right. You can't just automatically be like, oh, we're playing this thing. We're headlining this one day. Fuck all these other bands that we don't know. Like tell security, lock it down. Be like, I I want my jacket. I don't give a fuck (laughs) that you and your dumb hats need to walk past me right now. Fucking grow a pair. That said, have you seen the movie Green Room? Oh, absolutely. Patrick Stewart. What if it would have been that where you're like, fuck that. I need my jacket. And you go in and the Lumineers are murdering a dude. And all of a sudden you're in the middle of that. That could have happened. Well, I just probably have to buy their records or something like that. <laughs> I mean, that's what you get when you play a show with a band. They play the washboard <laughs> and the, the standing and tub. Like the stomp box, like hitting a little, hey. A couple oh. nights after that, I had an Uber driver who was listening to a Lumineers channel on Spotify. Mm-hmm. And he asked me what I wanted to listen to. And I was like, make a Portugal Demand channel. Yeah. Fuck the Lumineers. He loved it, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He was way into it. I, I get where a band like that would like do something. Again, they were coming off like, this is our tour. But like, if it's not your show and you're just the headliner of an event, you're the last act going on, you have top billing. Doesn't mean right. that you can just, without saying to anyone, be like, hey, guys, it'd be cool if you respected uh Eight to eight oh five, just so we have our time. This is our ritual. Sure, like, we'd be like yeah. you're you're chode. I hate you, but uh, of course, <laughs> like if someone presented anything to you, like this is stupid. Okay, and I would let my guys know, but no, not, nothing like that happened. No one's like, oh, if you're here this time, you're on lockdown because yeah. you know. They're gonna- should we Iron Giant the Lumineers? Yes. Yeah, we should. Everyone it, knows what that means. Okay, yeah. that means people are just going to tweet at the Lumineers and ask to borrow their copy of the Iron Giant on Blu-ray or DVD and uh, not tell them why or where this instruction came from. No VHS. It's just VHS. If they got it. Yeah. It came out like 99. I'm sure there's VHS. They might have any of that. I have one more comment. It's a really good one. Let's hear it. Himaly Martins says Miley Cyrus laughing so hard. You're crying emoji, heart emoji, clapping hands emoji, question mark. Would you care to address that, Scott? Uh, 
I just I'm just looking for the best comments here on YouTube. Hannah Montana. I, I guess she's a Yo, fan, t- and she likes she likes singing the song. And oh, I think I did see that video. I saw the Britney Spears one for sure, and I was I've never been happier. Yeah, I, th- for I think the it was J Lo, Britney, and Miley have all done like a lip sync to it. That's pretty hot. None of them have lip synced a single podcast of mine while dancing in the mirror. I would just put that call out to any Instagram. Well, anyone on Instagram, just if anyone wants to. Is Vanna White still alive? I don't care. Yeah, she's spinning those letters in fucking Culver City right now. Yeah. Yeah. Woman her age. She's got to spin them twice. She got to be like 65. Yeah. Vanna White's got to be pushing it. I'll get some info. Maybe we can get her to lip sync a podcast on Instagram. You know, just. Baby steps, right? Do you know people? I know somebody. I mean, sure. I mean, <laughs> maybe maybe I know the plumber for, uh, you know. 61. 61. How's she looking? Uh, <laughs> don't, I can't find anything. What's she doing right now? She's spinning fucking letters, bro. Do you think she's ever leaving that job? She's got to be pried by her cold, dead fingers. I don't blame her. That have never worked a day in her in her life. Yeah. What do you think her salary is a week for that? I think I've read it once. It was probably like 50 grand a week. She something. earns 8 million annually from the show. This is as of 2017. That has <laughs> According to, to Wikipedia, she divorced her spouse in 2002. If you are Vanna White's spouse, <laughs> I don't care if she stabs you in the middle of the night. You just be like, Love it, honey, because <laughs> you don't have to do a job and she doesn't have to do a job the rest of your life. You yeah. have to do some fucked up shit for Vanna White. Yeah. To get you off that money chain. I'm glad we got that out of the way yeah. on this episode. Do you think when they had that final fight, you think he was like, can I buy an F? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Vanna White tweeted a few days ago. Did you know I've never worn the same dress twice in 35 years? That's amazing. Professionally or professionally? Professionally. professionally. On, on Wheel of Fortune. Wow. Sorry, I was editing and you know, that bad job. seems decadent to me. I wonder what happens because it's not like you can, oh, we gift them to the homeless after. We're in, de- <laughs> we're, yeah, we're in downtown LA, like, you know, Skid Row, everyone's wearing a Vanna White. Dudes walking around wearing Vanna White's dresses. I bet she and Pat Sajak haven't said the word to each other in like seven years. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Does he even still host that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he does. He's not leaving that job. Why would either of them leave that job? It's the easiest job on television. He could have been a sexual alligator. I don't don't keep up with anything. That's what I call those people. I I had that Instagram page for a day. Are you not doing that Instagram page anymore? The joke was over like immediately, you know, (laughs) but it's fun to say the word like, oh, that guy's an alligator. What do you mean? A sexual alligator. (laughs) Just picturing, you know, alligators in compromising positions just makes the whole thing a little more. Lighthearted, yeah, and you just couldn't find enough pictures to populate it. Or? I mean, you did like the core twelve, and then you're just like <laughs> stretching, and you're like, oh, I got nothing left, you know. All the you run through all the famous pictures of right. alligators fucking first. All right, we should <laughs> we should wrap it up. Do we have anything to plug before we get out of here? Plug page, uh, patreon.com. So I don't know who I'm telling to plug it. <laughs> Someone plug patreon.com slash and pops. And yep. uh, you can get bonus episodes of all the podcasts I host. And they're all really fucking good. Not as good as this one, but they are good. I mean, who was the last guest before myself? It will probably have been Michael Swaim and. And Marina Ryman. Yeah. And or, Marina yeah. Ryman or just Michael Swaim. Yeah. He's got a formidable following. He does. I will say that. So you're we'll lucky. just see how you're it lucky goes. I know what formidable means. <laughs> Otherwise, to be like, sure. <laughs> but I don't know who either of those people are because I don't know what anything is and what's the purpose. I just can't even keep up or care to pay attention <laughs> to any. Like, I live in a bubble. Like, so like for months at a time, like, hey, did you see that show? This, that. Or, I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Like, every day is Groundhog's Day and you're just like, you miss, you know, half a season of a year. You know, it's like, yeah, you know, it's winter and now it's like spring and everything on Netflix you've not seen. So you come home and you're just like overloaded on yeah. anything. Yeah. it. I remember there were a lot of DVDs on the tour, which I hadn't seen DVDs in a long time. Or you were downloading stuff, right? Yeah. Just, you, you try to keep up, but it's almost impossible. It's the first time I saw Toast of London. Uh, what a great fucking show. Everyone should go watch that. Can you hear me now, Clem Fandango? <laughs> All right. Let's, yeah, let's uh, plug Toast of London. It's uh, Yeah, defunct. everyone should go. Yeah. 
check out Toast of London with Matt Barry. It's on Netflix, finally. It is. I couldn't find it for a long time after that tour, and I really wanted to. I mean, people can come see me anywhere in the world, and I probably will not be nice to them. You know, give You're them. so nice. It's not that I'm not nice. I just don't, like, how do you get out of a conversation with somebody you want to talk to? Like, we're done here. Like, that's it. <laughs> like, I, I don't need to justify my answer of walking away. You just walk away. That's yeah. how I am in my everyday life. I'm like, I, I don't need to be punished by your nonsensical babble. Like, just shut the fuck up and just let me let me be. Also, you're you're working. You're not. You, know, yeah. you can't tell that to someone that's like a rabbit fan and just like, yeah. you're like, I want to do what you do. I want to do what you do. I'm like, that's your first mistake because <laughs> no, like, no. it's not going to happen. Sorry. You need uh, have. I don't know the last time you saw Field of Dreams, but we just did a podcast about it. And at one point, James Earl Jones is talking to uh, Kevin, Cos- Kevin Costner. And at the end of the conversation, he goes, <laughs> just start doing that. People know what the fuck's up if you clap your hands and put them up and just back away. Uh, literally, like before I left, the Jimmy Oliver did that. Uh, it was a snippet for his whatever on HBO, and it was just whatever he did. He went. I guess that was a direct. Uh, he, he's hip to it. Yeah, he I knows the hand sign. Maybe I heard it. I heard it here first, though. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And also, I'm going on tour in May. Come out for those shows. We're starting in Chicago, May 16th. We're doing Iowa, Kansas City. We're going to fill in more dates in between. Need a tour manager? Uh, yeah, I do. Do you want to come get Taco Bell with me? Yeah, Every you night, do. baby. You do. <laughs> I sure do. Are you doing like a consecutive tour? Like you're, or are you just like one place and flying back home? And No, we're doing at least five shows in a row, but we kind of want to add a couple more. Some big boy stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, we've done it a few times. It's always fun. We usually can't make it more than five days on the road without whoever I'm touring with. Whoever shares a room with me, we're going to fight because I snore. And it's oh, that's yeah, very, very dramatic snoring. But not as much when I'm not drinking, but I will be drinking when I'm touring. <laughs> make no mistake about that. All right. Let's get the fuck out of here. Scott. Yes. Goodbye. Uh, goodbye, people that listen to this in small Black Mirror devices. You're all <laughs> fucked. Brett, say goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> goodbye, everybody. We love you.